Welcome to the Coffee Buzz. I'm Brad. Thank you for listening. Really glad you're here today. I uh, took a week off there. I'm going to get into why here in just a few minutes, but uh, it has to do with coffee. <laughs> I, uh, I had to cut way back. Um, I'm down to like one cup of coffee a day. And the reason that I had to do this is that I have been battling insomnia for months now, it seems like. And I was getting maybe five, six hours of sleep a night, which partially led to me being out last week. <laughs> the kid brought home some kind of super bug. And ordinarily, I could fight these things off, but it's it's become an issue because once uh, I'm, I'm getting like five hours of sleep, uh, my immune system is compromised and I can't fight off these crazy bugs that she brings home from the daycare. It started me on a path when I cut back on the coffee because one cup a day for me was just a warm up. I would usually do that <laughs> before I even, uh, you know, before I got too far out of bed, you know, it almost was like I had a cup just ready for me when I got up in the morning. Um, I did the math on it and I probably drank about 10 cups of coffee on average, <laughs> which translates to about a thousand milligrams of caffeine, uh, way too much way, way too much. So today I'm drinking water. Uh, I've already had my coffee. <laughs> so, um, I don't think you guys show up here for the coffee reviews anyway. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, it was painful for those first few days and even a week into it, I was still feeling just foggy and getting headaches. And this is not just stopping coffee altogether. This is just cutting back to one cup, which is what most normal people do, maybe two. And it got me to thinking about these automatic behaviors, you know, uh, excessively drinking coffee and just what else am I doing that really doesn't serve me and is probably hurting me, uh, getting me sick. And the last time I did this, it was about four years ago, and I just started looking at all of my habits and just taking stock of them. And I'm kind of excited this is happening. Uh, I can't really take credit for it. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm being forced to cut back on the coffee, but when I start looking at my habits, it's, it's like this shift happens. And the last time I did it, I wound up going vegan and stopping drinking, which are two things that have vastly improved my life. So it's exciting in a way to do this, to, to look at all these automatic behaviors and just kind of see which ones need to go. Because at 44, you know, you got to kind of like take a serious look at that and decide what's not working. And uh, sleep is important, you know, coffee's great and all, but uh, there would be times where I would just fill my Yeti half with 
chameleon and half with water, it seemed like. And some days that wouldn't even be <laughs> all the coffee I would drink. Um, so I, I think it's good. I can kind of feel myself uh, being more calm now, you know, throughout the day. And I've finally got past the headaches and uh, I'm actually functioning like a normal person now. <laughs> it's crazy though. I mean, if I, if I keep going this rate, I'm not going to have any vices left by the end of the year. Um, another big one for me was vegan junk food. You might think, oh, Brad's healthy. He's always talking about nutrition and, you know, being vegan, but, uh, not all vegan food is healthy. Um, Oreos, beer, French fries, those are all vegan, but certainly not healthy. <laughs> and it's been about, I don't know, it's been a while since I dropped the episode about the seven day vegan challenge. And there have been more than a few people that have actually taken me up on the challenge. And when they did, uh, some of them would send me pictures of their meals like, hey, check out what I'm, you know, what I'm eating here. And what was crazy is that they were eating vegetables or like amazing salads with all these colors. Um, and I looked at my plate and I had an impossible burger with tots. I mean, they're like seven days in and uh, they're doing the whole food plant-based diet better than me. And uh, I, I just said to myself like, okay, you need to do better. This is another one of those habitual automatic things that you do and uh, you try to run it off <laughs> and it doesn't work. When you get to be my age, you can't outrun a bad diet, uh, no matter how, even when I was doing the 25 K training for that, I didn't lose any weight at all because I would come home and have like, you know, five tacos. So that's not a recipe for health. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and I had started, even though I was training for these, uh, races and things and, and being active, I was still, kind of like slowly, gradually putting on weight. You know, it wasn't anything crazy, but you know, when I do the math, if I kept going at that rate in like 10 years, I was going to be at an unhealthy weight. And it's, it's not just a cosmetic issue. You know, when we're overweight, we get what's called insulin, re insulin resistant. So the body produces more and more insulin, you know, which actually feeds cancer and it also ages the body. Um, it, it produces fat cells, which make estrogen. And, uh, I don't know these, these new people that take the seven day vegan challenge, uh, they inspired me to cut out processed foods. I cut out processed foods and, uh, oil, which is a big one I used to do. You always hear, Oh, olive oil is healthy. Uh, I don't think that's true. <laughs> I mean, it might be better than some other oils, but it's still fat and uh, very calorically dense. And at first, it you know, when I made this switch, it, it felt easy because I was kind of ready to eat healthier. But just like the coffee, like after a few weeks in, I started having some serious cravings. And 
I never thought about having like a food addiction, but I do, if I'm being honest. It's all the salty, savory stuff like burritos, burgers, that kind of thing. Um, one of my favorite spots is this food truck called Arlo's. And if you're a meat eater in Austin, I, I dare you to try their burger out. I mean, it blows the Impossible Burger away, but it's not healthy. Don't do it. Don't do it very often. Um, I mean, it has no cholesterol because it's vegan, but it's probably got enough sodium to last you a week. And the tots, they're deep fried and uh, just, oh man, you keep going back for them. Salty, deep fried potatoes. You can't go wrong, right? Unless, of course, you're trying to be healthy and keep your waistline in check. Um, I can't imagine the calorie count in the, uh, in the meal that I used to get there. It's probably more than the daily recommended allowance. I'd put it at at least 2,000, maybe more, when you, when you tie it all in. And I'm addicted to that oil and salt. And uh, after a few weeks of no processed food and no oil, I was kind of climbing the walls. <laughs> and I think food addiction is one of the toughest out there. Because if you think about it, you know, if you're an alcoholic, you want to stop drinking so you don't drink. But when you have a food addiction, you still have to eat. Uh, there's no getting around that. And there's just an addictive nature to the processed food. You know, typically when we eat like whole fruits and vegetables, uh, legumes, things like that, we get about one calorie per minute into the bloodstream. When we ingest processed foods like, you know, sugary snacks or fast foods, we get about 50 calories a minute. And it affects the dopamine receptors the same way that a drug does. So we get high. Like, I would be high as a kite when I would eat that Harlow's burger. It would just send me into this euphoria. And then when I try to stop eating like that, I basically get a low or withdrawal from it. And the first few days of no processed foods, uh, I felt shaky, kind of a little weak, fatigued. And it's really no wonder that it's so hard for people to switch to a whole food plant-based diet. I mean, processed foods are not only addictive, but they basically have no nutrition. Uh, what's interesting is that it's impossible to be overweight on a whole food plant-based diet with no processed foods. The stomach only holds one liter and I can't eat enough bananas and grapes to make me overweight. Uh, the number of calories needed just wouldn't physically fit into my stomach. It's only when I ingest the processed junk foods that I get to that excess in calories. And when we eat the healthy food, we flood the body with nutrients. It's, uh, it's the secret to curbing the appetite. You know, when I'm eating junk, I'm getting a lot of calories, but my body doesn't get the nutrients. So it's still signaling to my brain that I need more food.
and I've failed on diets before, you know, trying to use caloric restriction, you know, without really improving the nutritional quality of the food. And I always hear people talk about calories in, calories out. Like if I just eat one burger or a pizza a day, I can lose weight. But that is next to impossible because the body is starved for nutrition. The food controls everything. I listened to this guy, Dr. Joel Furman, and he has some interesting thoughts on this topic. He says that uh, overeating processed foods is why we get depressed and anxious. Uh, he says it even leads to anger and goes on to say violence and even criminal behavior. I mean, people really underestimate the power that food has to solve so many problems in our society. Half of the people incarcerated are there because of nonviolent drug offenses. And it may sound like a bit of a stretch to say that too much sugar as a child led people to be drug addicts. But when you, but when you get this stuff your whole life, you become dopamine insensitive. And it makes people more prone to moving on to narcotics. Have you ever heard of these food deserts? In, in low-income neighborhoods, access to healthy food is almost impossible. You know, you have fast food on every corner and convenience stores, and that's about it. It's really, when you think about it, it's a form of bigotry. It's, uh, it's so much more difficult to raise yourself out of poverty if you can't reach your genetic potential. One of the leading causes of, I think the leading cause of death in America is cardiovascular disease, heart attacks, stroke, almost 40% of Americans. And what's so tragic is that it's a needless disease. It's caused by nutritional ignorance. A whole food plant-based diet not only prevents heart attacks and dementia, but it actually reverses it. Uh, most people think the answer to lowering their blood pressure is going to the doctor and getting on some medications. But it's a false sense of security because most people don't change their diet. And it's the, it is a dietary disease. So the solution has to be dietary, not medical. One of my biggest weaknesses is fried foods. Oh man, <laughs> I could throw down on, you know, some fries and a burger. Um, there's nothing wrong with potatoes. In fact, I, now I eat quite a few, but when you fry it, the whole thing changes, especially in a fast food restaurant. They keep using that oil day after day or maybe not day after day, but they use that oil all day and it becomes rancid. It's a, it turns into a carcinogen. So not only does it cause cancer, but it can cause birth defects in your offspring. When I heard about this, I switched to boiled potatoes real fast. I love those uh, fries and tots at Arlo's, but uh, not enough to get cancer. When I have someone over for dinner, and this has happened a few times, one of the critiques I get is that the food has no flavor. 
that it's it's just missing something. This really isn't the case. I mean, I'm not saying like I'm uh, the greatest cook or anything, but when you eat processed, fatty, salty, sugary foods all the time, lentils with brown rice and a kale salad are just going to taste bland because the taste buds are basically distorted. You know, they're numb from all that junk and you don't actually know what food tastes like anymore. The way food addiction is so bad is that all the processed sweets like ice cream, uh, cookies, mixed with the processed meats like fried food, it affects the brain and it puts us in a fog and it promotes depression and stress, which makes people want more of the processed food as a way of coping with all the insane side effects. It's just a negative feedback loop. It's interesting though, because after a few months, it does take a while, but after a few months of truly eating healthy, you get those taste buds back and you actually start to enjoy like a big bowl of grapes or that kale salad uh, or home cooked black beans topped with fresh onions and tomatoes. I mean, honestly, I'm getting hungry just talking about it. <laughs> I, uh, I think this is why cheat days are so dangerous. It takes me out of that appreciation for whole foods uh, that are untarnished by all the fat and salt. And I've been on this kick for over a month now, and I'm just starting to feel better. Uh, I have more energy, and I'll be honest, I've, I've had one cheat meal. It was vegan, but um, I broke down and had a burrito at Mr. Natural. And what's weird was that it wasn't worth it. <laughs> My stomach didn't think so anyway. The, the point I'm trying to make is that our brain has the ability to change. It's called neuroplasticity. It takes a while, but those once bland foods and vegetables turn into delicious meals. And if healthcare was more focused on nutrition, the cost of insurance would be exponentially less than it is right now for everyone. Uh, I hear all these politicians talking about universal health care and Medicaid for all. And what they need to be talking about is nutrition for all. It's a cheaper way to tackle this problem. People would be happier, healthier, more fulfilled. The key to longevity is nutritional excellence with caloric restriction. That is my new goal. Dr. Joel Furman has a book on this very topic called The Fast Food Genocide. He also has countless YouTube videos. I'll, uh, I'll link his YouTube channel in the show notes. Make sure you check those out. All kinds of other goodies, too. I uh, include a link to my monthly playlist. You might like it. It changes uh, what seems to be every month. I just kind of have a different theme going on there. You can uh, also find my website at thecoffeebuzzpodcast.com. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you next week.